0: The following program is pre recorded.
1: From Buck Studio at Wisconsin Public Radio, this is Zorba Pester on Your Health. I'm Tom Clark, here again with Family Doc Zorba Pester, talking with you about what's new in healthy living sharing some down-to-earth advice and great lifestyle tips to help you get the most out of life. If you have a question for The Good Doc, the number to call is 800-462-7413. And along with your calls, we have some topics to talk about,
0: Zorba. Yes, best diet... To keep your heart healthy. Can you believe it? The American Heart Association is actually saying the American Heart Association cardboard diet is not a great (laughs) diet. I can't believe it. They've actually come into the new world. And then food additives in the U.S. Well, in Europe, they're banning some of the additives that we put in our processed foods. So we'll talk about what they are so we can perhaps see whether or not they really make a difference and whether or not you have to start to read packaging again. Like and, we always do. Uh, what's our special recipe? Five today? spice chicken. Do you like chicken? Yes. Do you like spice? Yes. You might like five spice chicken. Yummy, mm-hmm. yummy, yummy. It's yummy. a great recipe. It's a great Chinese recipe. Five spice is sort of a classic Chinese uh, sort of. Uh, it's a there's a classic set of seasonings that is used in a lot of Chinese cooking. Anyone who likes Chinese cooking, great recipe and an easy one. Mm.
1: 800-462-7413, our number, 1-800-462-7413. And now, Zorba, we have a listener in Galveston, Texas. Hi. Hello.
0: How you doing?
2: Oh, I'm doing well. How about yourself?
0: Very good, thank you. How Very can good. we help?
2: Uh, Yes, sir, I suffer mild neuropathy.
1: Uh-huh.
2: And I was wondering if this could have maybe been brought on or, or helped. To get started, by a pair of sandals that I had years ago that got saturated, unbeknownst to me, they got saturated with uh, some type of a household cleanser. Huh. It was either like a pine oil huh. or a Pine Sol or a Mister mm-hmm. Clean or something. Mm-hmm. And if and if it went on for a week or two, it kept burning my feet uh-huh. every time I would put my uh, every time I would put my sandals on and walk around out in the yard. You know, just so I don't have to put my boots on, I just kept my sandals on my sure. porch.
0: Sure. Sure.
2: And it irritated my feet real bad, and took uh-huh. me a while to figure out what was irritating my feet. Oh. And I'd go and rinse them off. Uh huh. And then inadvertently, I'd put my sandals back on, and my feet got would it. get irritated. Got it. And it took me a while to figure this out.
0: I mean, I've got a question. Saturated with Mister Clean or something? What do you talk? I mean, how did it get saturated with stuff?
2: Well, I believe somebody I believe an ex girlfriend of mine. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Gotta always that. blame it blame it on yeah. the ex.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> I, I really think she did. I mean, uh I didn't want to get into all the drama of my love
0: life. But, uh, <laughs> That's a different show. Uh, it's a different show. Yeah. It's got to be That's, Dr. Laura. No, but... or Jerry Springer, but God bless him. <laughs> yeah. You know, those are the shows. God rest his soul. <laughs> yeah. rest his soul exactly. So, yeah, yeah. so you wonder whether or not uh, it did. How long did you have these sandals for? Were they really tight on your foot?
2: Yeah, they had uh, they had they were the wide ones, broad mm-hmm. across most of the top of your foot, mm-hmm. and they had massaging little uh, doohickeys in the bottom of sure, them. Sure, sure, so, right. Yeah, for comfort and stuff, uh-huh. and uh, they were a nice set with Velcro, mm-hmm. and I believe the whole thing, both of them, were saturated. Was I smelled it? Is what it was. Finally, oh. I figured out, man, there is something messing with my feet. And it went on for a week, maybe a week and a half before I figured
0: it out. Well I can figure I could I could just see what that is. Well now I, I've got some questions. So do you uh do you have diabetes?
2: No, I don't. Okay. And every time I try to look up, you know, what I can do to help my I've ordered some creams and stuff. Yeah. They always say, you know, Diabetic neuropathy, but well, I am not diabetic.
0: And, and, and the reason is that's a common form of neuropathy. And so first thing you say, as you can see, first thing I said was do you have diabetes? So that's the most common f- form of neuropathy. But I'll tell you something. At least 50%, if not more, half of all neuropathies, are, are, are uh, we don't know. In other words, half of them, we don't know what they come from. There's a diabetic neuropathy. There's a neuropathy that you can get from B12, B12 deficiency neuropathy. There's alcoholic neuropathy. If you look up a list of neuropathies, if you go list of neuropathies, you'll come up with a hundred different things. But Half the stuff is, we don't know what it comes from, but it definitely can come from tight shoes. There's no doubt about it, shoes and footwear, and it probably can come from chemicals that leach into the skin and affect your skin peripherally. So yes, the answer is that is definitely a possibility. Uh, now, what do, you, what do you do about it? When does it bother you the most? What are your symptoms?
2: Uh, well, let's see. Uh after i sit, set, I drive a truck. I'm an over-the-road truck driver, and I have been for 23 years. And uh, when I set all day, I try to get out and get a little bit of exercise. But when I set all day, uh, towards the end of the day is when the stinging really gets uh-huh. You know, right. a little bit right. worse.
0: Right. So I've got some ideas of what you can do. So first of all, as a trucker, as you know, you are limited on oral medications that you can take, as you know. You know, if I gave you something called gabapentin, it might interfere with your CDL. So you can't do that. However, there, there is a, a gel that you can buy now over the counter. It's diclofenac gel. Diclofenac gel, 1%. It's an anti-inflammatory that is in the gel, and it is terrific. It is absolutely terrific. And so what I want you to do, go to the store. You don't need a prescription. But if you get a prescription from your doctor for diclofenac gel, it may be cheaper. But you go to goodrx.com. That's goodrx.com because you can get a coupon there. It'll cost you 20 bucks or 15 bucks for a tube. It's usually cheap. They'll tell you which pharmacy to get it at, Walmart, Kmart. And once again, diclofenac gel. Put it on in the morning put it on at night and if you can put it on somewhere in the middle of the day do that and that will cut down on the inflammation in those nerves and that may make all the difference so diclofenac gel and then you want to make sure when you're in the truck itself you don't want your shoe wear to be too tight so you got to kind of okay you know what i mean you want to take the shoe wear yeah. you, you may have to change it cuz do you need to wear steel toed shoes when you're moving your stuff
2: no but i do i wear steel toes i wear steel toes so That's what I wear. So
0: maybe when you're in the truck, you don't want to have that if it's if it's tight. And usually those shoes are tight. You may want to drive with a different shoe. In other words, you may want to say, "I got to take the shoe off and put another one on," because the pressure and compression on that nerve is also going to keep it doing bad stuff. So different shoe if you can do it in the truck. It's gonna take a while. It's gonna take you a minute, even less than a minute, but a minute to change shoes. Diclofenac gel. And I'm not gonna guarantee, but chances are you will reduce that by fifty to seventy-five percent. It's not gonna bother you as much.
2: Okay,
0: now spell that to me. That's not F is in Frank E N A C Diclofenac D I C L O F E N A C one percent gel. That's right, you got it, baby. And if you don't, and if you can't find it, you go to the pharmacy and you say, "Hey, what's this diclofenac gel?" The name brand, which is more expensive, is Voltaren. V is in Victor O L T A R I N. Okay, that's the name brand. Buy the generic just as good. It'll save you dollars.
2: Okay. All right. I'm going to go get some of that gel, diclofenac.
0: That's right. You got it. It's going to make it, a, and it's safe, and it's okay with your CDL. It's not going to interfere with it.
2: Yeah, because uh, I was going to ask about that other drug. See, I'm on blood pressure medication. I I take blood pressure medications, and uh, I was going to ask about that. I, I heard you talking the other day about that other drug, and I I was wondering what that would do to Well, my CDL. gabapentin
0: or pregabalin, but I don't think you can use that. I would use the stuff here. That you may not be able to use that with the CDL. I don't know. Yeah, okay. You know, and every you know, in every trucker everything is different, but I know you can use the gel. Start with the gel.
2: Okay, I sure will. Now, what is that again? As soon as I hang up, I'm gonna write it down. Guy
0: You got it. That's it.
2: O- okay. Okay All right, I appreciate it.
0: Okay, you take care now. is our number. You know, the thing about it is truckers, because they're sitting in the truck, they're sitting there, they're stationary all the time, you know, they have very special needs because they're sitting and they're doing, just like if you're at home, you're sitting at a desk, you can get up from your computer. You're driving a truck, you can't get up (laughs) your truck unless (laughs) you bring, bring in your rig and then you do something with it. And we have lots of truckers. We always get letters, we always get voicemails from truckers on the road.
1: Zorba, before our next call, the best diets for
0: heart health, according to the American Heart Association. Well, it's, uh, you know, it's very interesting. The American Heart Association. You know what diet they used to recommend? No. The, it was the unpalatable diet. No salt, no butter, <laughs> no eggs, <laughs> no this, no that. It was sort of like it was the no it was the Dr. No diet. That's exactly it. Remember Dr. No? Did you guys ever see Dr. No, the movie? Yeah, it's a great movie. It's a great movie. Well, cardiologists sometimes were Dr. No or the dietitians when it came to diet. Well, about 10 years ago, they really changed their tune. And the reason was research showed that there were good fats and bad fats. So for years, we recommended margarine. We don't recommend margarine anymore except in certain circumstances because it had trans fats. You know, so now we know that if you eat properly. But what are good diets? So first of all, I love the Mediterranean diet. I think it's the best diet. Look it up. Plentiful fruits and vegetables. It has fish. But there are other diets. The diet they also recommend is called the DASH diet, D-A-S-H, and it's the Dietary Approach to Stop Hypertension. It's a very good diet, low in salt, low in added sugars, low in alcohol, low in tropical oils. Very important, like palm oil and low in processed foods. And then you have other diets like the paleo diet uh, and the ketogenic diet. And they're good in the short run, maybe for a week or two, but they really are... From a heart disease point of view, the ketogenic diet is not a great diet unless you're going to lose weight and going to do it for a month or so. So I think when I take this all together, I think ultimately we've got to look at the Mediterranean diet and the DASH diet to be the diets that I think are, are better. And I think the American Heart Association is finally starting to change in terms of the fact that you can really eat properly and have food that tastes good. 800-462-7413
1: is our number. 1-800-462-7413. And now, Zorba, we have a voicemail from Cronenwetter, Wisconsin.
3: Hey, Zorba, this is Rick from Cronenwater calling in. I'm listening listening to you give all this great advice, and people are getting help from you, and I'm wondering about, well, how come they didn't get it from their doctor? So... Is it that we're not communicating with our doctors that well, or what's going on there? Sounds like a great topic to me.
0: Well, it is a great topic, and in fact, that's kind of why I do the show. So, where is the communication? Where's the mislink? Oh, it's in so many places. I mean, uh, I mean, it really isn't not in one place. You know, uh, you know, Tom. When you talk to your doctor, does your doctor talk to you? It's been so long since I've talked to. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah,
1: every week,
0: every week. <laughs> so, so there are a lot, there are a lot of different issues. So, first of all, you know, when we go to medical school, we're taught the lingo. You know, everyone's got a lingo. Everyone's got their own individual things. So we would say, well, you have a myocardial infarction. I remember, you know, having a, one of my attendings say that, and I remember the patient looking, and that really. I mean going like what's a myocardial infarction? Well, it's a heart attack. So part of it is the words that we use as physicians. We're never really taught to communicate to communicate. When I think about it now, there's no course in communication skills on how do you actually relate to people. So then people are afraid to say anything, like, well, wait a minute, if I ask a question, they're going to think I'm dumb, when in fact they may not know what they actually want to ask or how to ask it. So it's really on both sides. But, I mean, I think the issue is it starts with the medical profession and the fact that we have never learned how to communicate as well as advertisers. I mean, advertisers really know how well to communicate things. So it's kind of a... It's kind of a, a mismatch in there. It's a good topic. But one of the reasons I do this on the show is I think it activates people to ask questions when they have individual individual topics. There also is something called health literacy. And health literacy is what am I learning about my health? And people who are interested in health and read things get better health because they're interested in health and they read things and they're not afraid to ask questions. Mm-hmm. And the real issue is you've got to be afraid. I mean, you've got to be smart and say to your doctor, I don't understand what's going on, or the nurse practitioner or the physician assistant. It's any healthcare professional. Ask questions and you'll get answers. Yeah. Thanks so much for that call.
1: For call Zorba from Cronewater, Wisconsin. Do you know where Cronewater?:
0: no, is? No, I was thinking, I don't know where Cronewater Wisconsin. Carl, where's Cronewater, Wisconsin? It's up kind of close on the way up to Wausau. That's it. It's on the way to Wausau. And if you're not in Wisconsin, do you know where Wausau is? It's in Wisconsin. That's right. 800-462-7413
1: is our number. Uh, Before we uh, take a break now, Zorba, time to unholster your gavel, put on your black Judiciary robe, and slip into an impartial state of mind. This is the segment we call Judge Zorba.
0: (laughs) You can tell I never made it as a
4: drummer. (laughs) (laughs) That's right.
0: (laughs) So, Zorba, uh, the
1: following email came to us from a listener... Tim in Spokane, Washington. And the subject line in this email is, I think my wife
0: is trying to kill me. (laughs) Tim writes. It's really not funny. It's really not not funny, but he's still alive, so it's okay. (laughs) Well, so far, so
1: good. Um, Hello, Dr. Zorba. I teach elementary school students, and as you know, most are walking Petri dishes, of all sorts of bacteria and viruses. This year in particular, I've been sick with what feels like every month. My enduring wife has convinced me to start taking probiotics on a regular basis. I've been taking them for about a week Mm -hmm. and find myself running to the bathroom multiple (laughs) times.
0: Well, it's not funny. He's trying to kill it, right? It's running to the bathroom. I got it. I
1: know how much you guys love the poop talk. So (laughs) I thought I'd inquire (laughs) if this is normal. If so, how long could it take for my body to adjust? Was my wife right? I love the show.
0: (laughs) All right. Here we go. Wife wrong in this particular case. So first of all, are probiotics really going to make a difference because, you know, the kids are in school and you're doing it? Well, they might make a difference, but not absolutely. But if you're taking a probiotic and you're getting diarrhea, I mean, I would stop the probiotic completely. You could go to another one. Or you could take one of the common probiotics, yogurt. If you can tolerate yogurt, you're going to get lactobacillus, and it's a probiotic. Now, obviously, there are other things in probiotic capsules, but if you're having side effects from diarrhea, change that or go to a different one. I wouldn't stay on the same one. I don't think think there's a benefit in taking a capsule that causes you to have diarrhea. (laughs) I don't think anyone would say to do it. But I don't think she's trying to kill you. I think it's just she's trying to make you a better person. (laughs) (laughs)
1: have a case you need settled just post on our facebook page or send us an email at zorba at wpr.org more of your calls coming up more of your emails and we'll tackle a tasty five spice chicken recipe all coming up on zorba pastor on your health on prx With Family Doc Zorba Pastor on Zorba Pastor on Your Health. That number again, 1 800 462 7413. But Zorba, before
0: our next callers, Five Spice Chicken. That's right, Five Spice Chicken. Do you like chicken? Yes. Do you like spice? Yes. How about the number five? (laughs) <laughs> i can take it or leave it <laughs> what's your I, lucky i actually uh, um, good. I, good. i'd, I'd good. rather have nine nine <laughs> yeah. so we could call it nine spice chicken okay. so does the five turn you off to the recipe like it should be nine spice chicken that would be good yeah, yeah. but then it would be more spices but oh. chinese five spice is a traditional spice so when i was in college do you remember college <laughs> I, um,
1: yeah.
0: I kind of started cooking And my specialty was making chop suey you know, Which was kind yeah. of a combination Of different things And there's something called five spice powder Which has five different spices I frankly don't remember what's in it I'd, I'd go to the web right now but yeah. I don't have access Were, were
1: you cooking in, while, you, in, while you were in college? Yeah
0: I would cook I, I would like to have people over and I would cook meals Like pots of spaghetti and people would come to my apartment You're shocked I don't believe it No I did, I actually cooked <laughs> and i used to cook with five spice powder so it was really good and we've got a great place in madison penzi's spices mm-hmm. and they have the best five spice powder it's an aromatics powder i once again i'd have to look it up i think our listeners can look it up right now because most of them have smartphones anyway this is a simple easy recipe mm-hmm. using five spice powder i highly recommend it as something mm-hmm. simple so are you ready yes ready seko Yes. <laughs> okay. One tablespoon of dark soy sauce. Big T, dark soy sauce. Now, there are different kinds of soy sauce. So, you go to your Asian grocery store and you get, or at your regular grocery store, soy sauce that's labeled dark soy sauce. It actually has different, it has soy in it, but it has a different taste. One tablespoon of hoisin sauce. Mm-hmm. A tablespoonful of honey.
1: A tablespoon
0: full of honey. A teaspoon of oyster sauce. A little tea oyster sauce. Which has no oysters in it, by the way. <laughs> I used to wonder about that. Uh, a large clove of garlic. Large clove of garlic. Now, a small, it's only a quarter teaspoon of five-size powder. It goes far, but you want it to be fresh. Mm-hmm. You want it to be a good one. I use penzies because I like it. But if you're going to get it, get a small container of it because it doesn't, once you open up the container after about a year, it's not going to have the same aroma. Oh, Quarter nice. teaspoon of five-spice powder. Mm-hmm. A little tea, 5 straws. And five. 400 grams of boneless skin on chicken thighs. Carl, how much is 400 grams in ounces? Let
4: me do a quick calculation on that, okay? Hang on.
0: Da, da. 14.1 <laughs> ounces. And if you measure out for do you have a scale in your house to weigh things, to weigh food? Uh,
3: not for food, but for humans, yeah. I mean, I've got
0: to recommend I've got to tell you something. If you get a scale, I bought a scale, a good friend of mine told me to get a scale years ago for food, and I get some recipes that are like this. And I go, 400 grams? Like you said, it's about 14 ounces. So roughly you could use a pound. But I'll tell you, kitchen scales are great. Okay. Shall we make it? Yes. Whisk together the dark soy sauce, hoisin sauce, honey, oyster sauce, garlic, and five spice powder. Try to say that a few times. Five <laughs> spice powder. <laughs> five, five spice, spice, spice powder. <laughs> powder. In a small bowl till it's welcomed by. So pour the marinade over the chicken thighs. That's what you want, skin on chicken thighs for these if you can for these 24 hours and flip them a few times but frankly if you can't you do it for an hour or two it's going to it's going to make a big difference i now use plastic bags when i'm marinating things because i can move it turn it around and i find it's really better to get a lot of the air out of uh, out of the marinade because i don't know it seems to marinate better So, when you're ready to roast the chicken, what you want to do is preheat the oven to about 350, 400 degrees. Aluminum foil on the the baking sheet to make the cleanup easier. I'm always big on cleanup easier. And if you want to make it even even easier than that, spray the aluminum foil with a little nonstick spray. That'll make a difference. Remove the chicken from the marinade, place it on a rack or on the foil sheet, skin side up, roast the chicken for about six minutes, and then brush the top with some of the remaining marinade. Roast it for another another six minutes, you know, to 10 minutes. Take it out, put the marinade on top. You want to keep on putting the marinade on. And then you've got to keep it at about 300, you know, roughly 350 to 400 degrees until it fully cooks. And believe it or not, that's going to take you about 30 to 40 minutes, but it's great. You want to char the outside, get it on, Use a meat thermometer so you get the chicken up to 160 degrees. Remove the chicken from the oven, let it rest for 10 minutes, and serve it. Now, don't use the marinade that's left in at the top of the chicken when it comes out because the chicken has been in the marinade and there's a risk of salmonella. That's why we only use the marinade when we cook it. We don't want to use the marinade when we're not cooking it, so it's very important. So, I think you could make this recipe, Tom.
1: <laughs> can I come to your house, please? Yeah, that's how you would make the recipe. You would
0: make a reservation. So if you want to copy of this recipe, go to Azorbapasture.org. That's Azorbapastor.org. Or of course through Facebook. And I was gonna give the eight hundred number, but I realized that's not gonna work. You can do- <laughs> 1-800-462-7413. That's 1-800-462-7413.
1: Now, Zorba, let's see if we can help a listener in Madison, Wisconsin.
3: Hi. Hi. Well, thank you for the opportunity to talk to you both. It's the highlight of my day today. <laughs> oh,
0: how nice is that? <laughs> how can we Thanks help? so much.
3: I haven't done much else, so. <laughs> well, I'm... <laughs> years old. I just did my physical and had lab work done. Uh-huh. And I got a message from my physician mm-hmm. that I have elevated bilirubin and neutrophils. My platelet count is kind of at the low end of a normal range. And then the absolute reticulocyte is kind of at the high end of a normal range. And I did some research, but I wanted to get kind of from you in plain language.
0: Wait a second. What- did you talk to your physician?
3: Well, he asked, to come in for another blood draw in a
0: couple of weeks Uh-huh, to see so, whether or not this yeah. is real. So in the,
3: the meantime, I'm just trying to learn a little bit
0: more. You mean you're trying to educate yourself? That's <laughs> I mean, come on. <laughs> through, you know, I have to and tell, tell you the
3: internet too.
0: I I have to tell you, it used to be the AMA when they had a lot of clout, and believe me, they don't have clout as much anymore at all. Although they lobbying clout, they said doctors should not discuss health on the media that should be individually with a doctor and a patient. In other (laughs) words, they were against health, any health being discussed on the radio or TV. I mean, really, when we first started this, I got pushback. They said, how could you give advice? It's it's incomplete. And I thought to myself, really, WTF? You can't really do that. I think we can say (laughs) WTF on the air. If you don't know what it means, look it up on the web. But anyway. (laughs) I'm
3: I'm willing to take my chance. But anyway,
0: if we look it up. So let me go to that thing. So a retic count is elevated when you're making blood. That's what a particular site count is. A little retic count elevation doesn't mean that much necessarily. Uh, Are you anemic?
3: No, no, not at all. In fact, I have have high iron in my blood, so Mm -hmm. the Red Cross loves me when I come to give blood.
0: How long have you been giving blood for?
3: 30, 40 years. I try to give at least twice a year. Yeah.
0: When was the last time you gave blood? December. In December. So, first of all, you retic count, although December, you know, it, it... the retic count is going to go up when your body is trying to make blood. So if, there, if you may have an elevated reticulocyte count if it's close to when you actually gave blood. If not, you kind of follow it, and there, there can be other reasons that you have an elevated count. So it can be many things. Look it up on the web, and you'll see either it's minor or you're going to die.
1: In other words, a bit, I mean, that's what it's going to say.
0: Now, as for platelets, low normal, they're made every day. Every day we make platelets. Does a low normal mean something? Well, it's either minor or you're going to die. It's going to be the same thing. It's probably minor. So your doctor did the right thing and said, hey, let's change it. Let's check it again. Do the repeat the blood test. Makes a lot of sense. Makes a lot of sense. That would be the first thing. Now, elevated bilirubin, how elevated was it? A little bit or a lot?
3: A little
0: bit. A little bit. So they're going to repeat the test. can be minor things. There's some people who actually have an elevated bilirubin for their entire lives, and it doesn't mean anything. In other words, it's elevation, and it can mean something. There's something called Gilbert's syndrome, which means basically an elevated bilirubin. Uh, and I have patients who have had an elevated bilirubin for, I don't know, 25, 30 years. And at first, we look at it, we do some other liver function tests to see if something else is going on. But I think your doctor did the right thing by just kind of repeat, you know saying, let's repeat it again and okay. see if it's there. So good. Did you good. did you? So I've got a question for you because we. Talk, I like to talk about communication with your physician. Did they do it on my chart with a you know which is our Epic. Epic is our electronic medical record, which is the best. So when you communicated with your doc, was it on uh, your my chart on Epic?
3: Yeah, that's where I got the message from, mm-hmm. and then all the lab results mm-hmm. were there too, so I could look at all of them. So
0: I, I've so I've got a question for you. Did you like that better? as good as or different than talking on the phone in this particular instance?
3: I think in this one where I have to come back in mm-hmm. a couple of weeks, this was okay to do it this mm-hmm. way. But I think, yeah, if, if this would have been like, you know, oh, hey, we found this, um, you know, here's what you need to do. Yeah, I would have liked to have talked to him. Because actually my physical, we spent probably a half hour just talking about my, what my health, my wellness, my activity, my history. So I really enjoyed being able to, to talk with right. with him.
0: Right. And I, I think you hit it right on the head. I think for some answers, it really is good to do it electronically because among other things you can look back on it. I mean, you can look, say, what did he say or she say about this that can make a difference for things that are serious. You kind of want to have a personal call, like give me a call. I want to talk to you about this. If we had to call all of our patients, about laboratory tests, we couldn't see any patients because it would be too much. So the electronic stuff really frees us for other stuff when we have want to have a long communication, which you had in the office when you were actually there. And it really, part of the stuff with medicine is this is a time management problem. And it's really much, it's really... It's really answered, I think, by a combination of electronic records where you can actually look at your labs and get a quick answer and then personal attention when it's something that is much more serious. It's also answered, hopefully, by our show because we try to make it so that you kind of know the right questions to ask or you know you can ask a question in the first place.
3: Yeah, it great to have all that information.
0: You bet. You bet. It makes you – it'll actually – you will ultimately get better care and – statistically, you will live longer the more educated you are about medical things. There is no doubt in my mind that the informed consumer ends up living longer and is less likely to be disabled. It's a, well, it's that, a numbers game.
3: great. I'll, I'll call you in another 30 years.
0: <laughs> <laughs> thanks, thanks for your call. Yeah. <laughs> we Thank appreciate you.
1: It. 800-462-7413 is our number. 1-800-462-7413 413. And now, Zorba, we have a voicemail from Marshfield, Wisconsin.
4: I'm wondering how you feel about bottled water. I see it in mountains. Mountains. <laughs> in a grocery store, people are buying stuff that you get free out of the faucet. I think you could just do some easier things at home than spending all that money on water that's in a bottle. And a lot of it hasn't been proven. To be totally, you know, without bacteria.
0: So, just wondering what your thoughts are. Well, I have a lot of thoughts about bottled water. So, first of all, bottled water is no bacteria. I mean, I'm sure. I mean, I'm sure it's done safely, but I think bottled water, you know, it's like it's like all of a sudden they sold us something free that you can get out of. You know, you can get out of the. You know, as you said, out of your faucet. But I want to tell you. So, we have some bottled water here in the station. Uh, the name of it is True Clear. I love the name, True Clear. Sounds like it's perfect, it's true, and it's clear. Purified water, and then you read the fine print minerals added for taste. So I have water here. That isn't water, it's got minerals. So if I read about it back, purified water, what does that mean? Well, it went through some kind of filter. Okay, it's got calcium chloride. Why do I want calcium chloride in my water? It's got sodium bicarbonate, baking soda. Why do I have sodium bicarbonate in the water? So they added two things to the water and then they manufactured for work life brands. I got a fancy name. So here it is. I can pay some money for something I can get free. I'm getting I'm getting two things in it calcium chloride and sodium bicarbonate. So it's added for taste because they want to make it taste better. I mean Water that comes from my sink tastes pretty good. So I am really... I'm really against bottled water. I think there, there are specific times, like when I'm sitting you know, in the radio station, I should drink it. And I am so glad that water fountains today now have things where you can add water to your own water container instead of having it. And then, let's look at the plastic. How much plastic is generated for landfills every year from bottled water? I don't know how much it is, but I know it's tons and tons and tons. <laughs> so if you want to save the environment, how about turning on the faucet in the in your sink, and frankly, if you have you know city water or village water, and you don't like the taste of it, talk to the administrators because they may not be actually adding the chlor uh, adding chlorine correctly. They might be adding too much or too little. Hmm. So when it comes to bottled water, I still have my gavel here. I'm again it. Got it. Uh, before the
1: break, Zorba. Time now for the segment where the good doctor. Clarify something a listener read on the not always reliable internet. We call this... Not always (laughs) reliable, right. Google Doc. (laughs) The following email came from Nicole in Ontario, Canada. Hello from... Ontario, Canada.
3: <laughs> I'm
1: a 64 year old female okay. with osteoporosis. Mm-hmm. I've just discovered the potential benefits of vitamin K2 uh-huh. for healthier bones mm-hmm. and the positive effects it also has for your arteries. I'm just
0: wondering if it's true. Or is it hype? Well, it's hype. There's no doubt about it. K2. I mean, I've got the great. There's K9. Sounds like a dog to me. Then there's K2. Did you like that, Carl? K9 sounds like a dog. You're always in. You're always into jokes. K2 and then, right? yes, yeah, K- I've got K2s. Thank you. That was my next thing. I have K2s. So basically, you know, she's eating my skis. No, she's not. I'm. That was a little, that was a little bit too far and dumb. But anyway, it is hype. So first of all, I don't think it does anything for bones. If you want to take something for your bones that happens to be a vitamin, take D3. Take calcium. I mean, we know that calcium may be useful. Take 1,500 milligrams a day of calcium and take some D3 with it, 2,000 international units, and you'll be fine. And as for K2, I think it's all hype. And heart health? Where'd that come from? Now, vitamin k we don't make how do you think we get our vitamin k tom you don't take a vitamin tablet but it's you have vitamin k in your body you don't make it guess where it comes from okay <laughs> now you gotta guess come on where do you think you're going you're from? gonna tell me yeah it comes from your poop it turns oh. out bacteria that are living in the colon actually produce vitamin k for us so there's something positive about poop by the way i have a question why do little kids always want to talk about poop? <laughs> Why do they do it? I mean, when I talk to, to Bella, my granddaughter, Bella, who's eight, if I say poop, she kind of smiles and laughs, and she says, that's poopy stuff. We can't talk. Anyway, vitamin K is made, from, is made in your poop, not from your poop, but in your poop. K2, I don't know. I mean, all of a sudden, a lot of supplements and vitamins sort of hit it. It gets advertised. People take it, and then a year later, they go to something else. So if you're taking K2, stay tuned. Tuned because next year it'll be K3. Have a healthy
1: living question for Zorba? Just post on our Facebook page or send us an email at, at zorbawpr.org. At we have more of your calls coming up, another topic to discuss, and Zorba will be answering more of your emails, all coming up on Zorba Pastor on Your Health on PRX. Tom Clark here with Family Doc Zorba Pastor on Zorba Pastor on Your Health. Our number is 800-462-7413. But now, Zorba, U.S. food additives are banned in Europe. Experts say what Americans eat is
0: almost certainly making them sick. Yeah, well, it depends on which experts, but it's kind of interesting. So, uh, you know, what are the French famous for? Bread. Well, they're famous for a lot of things, but among other things, bread. Mm -hmm. And bread, many of the dough products that are made in the U.S. have something in them to actually strengthen the dough. In other words, there's a food additive to strengthen the dough, which is potassium bromide. And potassium bromide is now banned in Europe. But potassium bromide is used in a lot of food products, dough food products. Now, strengthening the dough must mean that it's easier to manufacture with it. But it's kind of interesting. I don't know why it's banned in Europe and why it's considered okay in the U.S. I mean, it doesn't necessarily mean there's more science behind it. But the Europeans ban a lot of things that the U.S. doesn't. Then the U.S. bans some things the Europeans don't do. Mm -hmm. But it turns out there are other chemicals that are also banned in Europe that are allowed in processing. Titanium dioxide known as E-171. I didn't know that, did you? No. No, that's right. We never knew it. There's Brom- I don't know. Brominated is <laughs> one of them. Brominated vegetable oil. I didn't know that. That's E-443. Potassium bromate, that's E-924. This is on the test, Tom. So you better memorize <laughs> it. <laughs> and there's azocarbamide. E nine twenty seven and propyl paraben E two one seven. So huh? this that's right. <laughs> so what this brings up, I think, is a very important point, and we've discussed this in the past. It's highly manufactured products are not as good as minimally manufactured products. In other words, if you look, and uh, there was a guy Michael Pollan, and said uh, Pollen, and said, if you have, if it has more than five ingredients, it's don't eat it. In other words, it's a manufactured product. And I think, I mean, it really could have seven or nine. The Twinkie has like 42 ingredients or 44. That's kind of the poster child for bad stuff. But there are all these food additives in bread, The potassium bromide. Everyone eats bread, not everybody. But bread is probably certainly the number one most commonly consumed thing in the country and in many cases in the world. And if potassium bromide is banned in Europe, I think we have to look and see whether or not it should be banned in the U.S. And this may be similar to trans fats. You know, we had trans fats on a bunch of manufactured products. And then maybe 10 years ago, we discovered that trans fats were bad for us. So the Europeans may be taking the lead on this. If you're going to get bread, if which we are, if it's manufactured bread, read the label. And if it says potassium bromide on the label, I think I would buy a different bread and that may get them to change it. Interesting. 800-462-7413 is our number.
1: one eight hundred four six two seven four one three. 462 7413 And now, Zorba, let's see if we can help a listener in Coeur d'Alene, Idaho. Hi.
4: Hi. Thanks for taking my call. Sure. sure. How can we help? Well, about five years ago now, I kind of had a severe coughing attack. Um, You know when your mom would say it went down the wrong pipe? Uh Well, Uh it did that morning. And during that episode, I mean, my head kind of exploded. It was quite nasty. And my ears have been ringing ever since.
0: Oh, you mean ever since you had it. So in other words, the food went down the wrong way. You had this coughing (laughs) attack. uh, And then, you know, you felt like your ears, so they've been ringing ever since?
4: Uh Uh-huh. I have had a ringing... It, you know, in my head, really, because I've been to two ear doctors, oh, you've been to and, two what have,
0: what did they said
4: um, they said they prayed for me <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, um it they just said, uh, it's really not in your ears, it's like in your like you've um i don't know detached like some nerves in your brain.
0: And uh, so another. So you went to two ENT doctors. They looked yes. in your ears and said the ears look fine. What sort of tests did they do? Did they do an MRI test? A hearing test, and
4: I had a CAT scan and a CAT scan just to okay. make sure I didn't have a, a tumor. Uh, uh, you know, something going on in there. Uh,
0: no, no, an acoustic. Acoustic neuroma, tumor, certain things can be picked up on the CAT scan. Wow, yeah. you did? Well, you certainly had some nerve damage because it occurred. What's the biggest issue, a decrease in hearing or, or tinnitus, or what's the biggest issue you have?
4: I think the biggest issue for me is that I feel constantly thinking I, I'm, I'm so focused on that sound.
0: Right, um, right.
4: I feel like I'm not, like, present.
0: So good. Um, it. So it's the tinnitus. It's that sound that you're hearing all the time.
4: Yeah. 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 So yes. it makes it hard to concentrate. Right, um, right. Sometimes I feel like even though I might be in a in a big room, mm-hmm. the, the noise gets
0: too much. Right. No. I'm
4: earplugs when I listen to a very, um, uh, if we're watching a movie that's real loud. Um, I can still hear it. It's, You've got
0: You've got you have tinnitus. It's also called tinnitus, they pronounce it both ways. It can be very, yeah. very bothersome. Uh when you were younger, did you go to a lot of rock concerts, by the way? No. No. How about how about I, were you were you Rosie the Riveter in a in a factory? I
4: probably did. i I'm, I'm sixty nine. So. You're sixty
0: nine, but you weren't Rosie the Riveter. Did you work on jet airplane engines? Nope. No, no, nope. I'm trying to do that. How about did you go to New York and, and work on the subway?
4: <laughs> no. Sorry, I'm bringing no, that up because those are all things no. that
0: commonly can cause nerve damage that cause, uh, ringing in the ears or tinnitus, you know, that, but you can get it traumatically. Uh, I think, you know, uh, I know that there are many times where people say something happened and all of a sudden the, the tinnitus started, um, I'll tell. Well, that's a good question. We don't have all the answers. We don't know why. Why? We don't understand it.
4: And I've looked at so many things, you know.
0: What you have to do because it's very intrusive. So, first of all, at night, does it bother you when you go to sleep? Oh, yeah. Do you have a sound machine in the room? I do. You do? What do you put it on to? Uh
4: It's on my radio, you know, and you can turn on the ocean or the rain or thunder. So that's what you
0: do when you go to sleep. The next thing to do actually that you have to do is because we don't have any treatment, we don't have a medication, uh, there are some questionable, and I say questionable, there are hearing aids that can put sound into your ear, but it doesn't sound like you need hearing aids. They're very expensive anyway, so I wouldn't probably get them. What I would do is, first of all, there are... Uh, there are psychologists that specialize in this a cognitive behavioral theory or practice, and it's cognitive behavior to help you get on the other side of the sound. And I'm serious about that. So it's, yeah. uh, it's a way of dealing with the sound because the sound is always going to be there. So I have tinnitus. And uh, when I talk about it, of course, I hear it. So right now I'm talking about it, and it's there. I will never hear silence again for the rest of my life because when it's silent, I hear the tinnitus, which is kind of odd. I sort of miss silence. I always have something in the background in my room because if I'm doing something, I've got to have some, some sound around because it reduces my tinnitus, even if I'm not doing things. Uh, and at one point, it bothered me enough, and I thought about going to counseling to learn how to do it. And then I kind of figured it out myself. I didn't go to the web or anything, and I just said, well, I'm just not going to be bothered. And that's worked for me. But if it's really intrusive, there's not going to be an answer. You went to two ENT docs. You had a CAT scan. It ain't there. It ain't going to be to, You ain't going to find something that really isn't there. What you've got to do is get some counseling. That's what I would do. I'd highly recommend it. Four to five sessions, and you might, and you have to deal with it. And it's a, uh, it's going to be there forever. That's, that's the bad news. But, but with counseling, you can often get it less intrusive. Okay. Well,
4: that sounds like great advice. I'll, I'll see what we can come up with. That's right. And,
0: and believe it or not, if anything ever comes up that is going to treat this thing, I promise I will immediately have it on the show. (laughs) Yay. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Thank you you so much for your call. Thank you, Tom. Thank you, Dr. Zorba. You take care now. Bye-bye.
1: We appreciate the call at 800-462-7413. 1-800-462-7413. Okay, Zorba, let's pry open the Zorba Pastor On Your Health inbox and take an email about Swimmer's Ear from Mark in Madison, Wisconsin. He writes, hello, Zorba. When I was young, people told me to jump on one leg with my head tipped to the side. It looked silly. Hey,
0: and, did it didn't look silly? And, Come on. I think it's fine silly. And,
1: and took a while and sometimes didn't work at all. Even for with the size air? of my ear canal, it's perfect for holding water. And oh. I frequently had swimmer's ear. Mm-hmm. Then... In science class... Jump on one side and hold your head to one side. (laughs) In science class, I learned about surface tension Uh and gave rubbing alcohol a try. Good. Instantly, the water thins and pours out. Right. For nearly the last 60 years... I make sure I have a little bottle with me wherever I go and have not had any pain or infection. For 60 years. If you (laughs) tip your head over a sink, you can watch all the droplets of water race to the drain with a lowered surface tension. I've heard you and other doctors recommend
0: glycerin. Why do you recommend that? Well, actually, what I recommend are swimmer's ear drops, and they contain peroxide, they contain glycerin, uh, and uh, and they're good. They tend to soothe the ear a little bit more. Sometimes people don't like alcohol. Alcohol will work. kind of dries the ear out a little bit more. If alcohol works for you, your ear is fine. It's a good alternative. But the swimmer's ear drops with a little glycerin, a little hydrogen peroxide, uh, and it might have a little alcohol in it. I haven't read the label recently. I think it works well, but either way. <laughs>
1: mm-hmm. Have you a health tip or question from the good doc? He's always happy to lend an ear. Lend
0: an ear. And Have you ever we're... lent an ear to somebody? They never give it back.
1: <laughs> and, and we're always swimming in emails. Swimming in emails. So just post on, our, post on our Facebook page or send us an email at... Zorba at org. Before we call it a day, Zorba... We love it when our lovely listeners chime in with a tip for the show. The following email came from a listener named Jim in Helena, Montana, who writes, Hi, gentlemen. I gentlemen. La- what yeah, yeah. Gentlemen, How is that? When's the last like time it. you were called a gentleman? No, I know. That's, that's it. Not a long time ago. Um, I laughed uproariously at your listeners list of the BG's medical
0: songs.
1: (laughs) This had me thinking of other medical topics depicted in music, and here is Jim's list. The condition that all doctors have been faced with at some time, classical gas.
0: Classical gas, The
1: celebratory anthem of those who have had successful organ transplants on the West Coast... I left my heart in, in San, San Francisco. Francisco. <laughs> yeah, right. you, yeah. you found it yeah, it? The right. James Bond theme uh-huh. that describes a suboptimal mm-hmm. treatment regimen that Zorba would never use, a leave and let die. <laughs> oh, live and let die, right. That old good time but uncomfortable song, Enema... Got it. He's making Disgusting. eyes at me. The 1960s said I'm sure Zorba will remember. By the time I get to feel it, he'll be writhing. Keep up the good work. Thank you. What do you think, Zorba? Well, I don't think. That's all. <laughs> <laughs> do you have a helpful tip for the show? We always love music tips. Just post on our Facebook page or send us an email at... Zorba at WPR.org. See you next week, Zorba. I hope, Tom. If you miss anything during the show or just want to stream the show online anytime, visit us on the web... At ZorbaPastor.org or, of course, through Facebook. And don't forget you can call us anytime... Anytime. ...to leave us your question... That's at right. 800 800- 462 7413. Very good. Thank you. Zorba Pastor on Your Health is a production of Wisconsin Public Radio. It's not intended as a medical diagnosis, so please do check with your doc. Our executive producer is Carl Christensen. Our technical director is Brad Kohlberg. Our theme music is by Leo and Ben Sidron. For Zorba Pastor, I'm Tom Clark. Asking you to join us on the next Zorba Pastor on Your Health.
0: Did you miss something on today's show? Simply go to ZorbaPastor.org to catch up on all things Zorba. There you will find recipes from the show links to the Facebook page, Zorba's Healthy Living Articles, and you can subscribe to the weekly podcast. On the web, that's zorbapastor.org.